Hello, and welcome to the Hobo CEO podcast, where we're talking all things business and entrepreneurship, including the highs and lows, with a sprinkle of neurodiversity for good measure. I'm your host, Shay Wassell, neurodivergent serial entrepreneur, personal and business coach, author, researcher, and most importantly, a mother to one beautiful little human being. This podcast is all about sharing the entrepreneurial journey, as well as tips, tricks, and advice from my guests to help you become the business owner and entrepreneur you've always imagined you could be, and you definitely can be that person. But before we get started, I'd like to acknowledge the beautiful lands on which I live and work, the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I pay my respects to elders past, present, and to all First Nations people that are listening today. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our second episode with Marnie from Fempire, my amazing uh, mentor and coach and um, leader of our sisterhood. No, we like a flatter structure than that, don't we? <laughs> uh, yeah, the community, the collaborative, the, I don't know, women who have, have each other's backs, let's put it that, the Fempire sisterhood, yeah, everyone yes. builds Fempire and helping each other, lifting each other up together. And it very much is uh, like that. Uh, I think last time we got off the podcast, I said, I just can't um, imagine not of meeting you now because of how like just my whole mindset and business has grown since meeting you and um, learning things that after seven years, I still thought I knew, but really it didn't. And so it's really exciting to have you back on the show. Oh, well, thank you, Shay. It's always Amazing to be here and always wonderful sp- to spending time with you. But, um, yeah, I wanted to, yes, we met and I remember you were, which, you know, today we're talking about money mindset, right? So <laughs> when I first met you, you were completely undercharging for your amazingness being an industry leader and um, really at the, at the head of your game, right? And, of course, I almost passed out when you shared what you did, which is so classic for women, which you've discovered, right, through the community. It's not just you. It's it's this belief and this um, I was talking to a venture capitalist who I'm doing a talk with for the Stevie Awards and um, Women Future Conference, and uh, she was saying, you know, is it the the gap in the financial acumen for women? What is it? What is, what is this that just forces us to undercharge and and believe that we're not worth more and all the things. So, yeah, I'm really excited to be talking about all of that today and hopefully inspiring people to believe more and to first uncover what is it, their belief system around money, and maybe just in doing that they can change their mind, but then surrounding themselves with people that are definitely know how to value their worth so they can see it in action because you can't be what you can't see. And I think that's the thing I really learned through the program is the importance. I mean, you always say choose your wizards wisely. And I think that's really true. And I think when I talk to women about money, a lot of the time they say, oh, no, I don't know anyone that charges that amount or, oh, no, you couldn't get to seven figures in the type of work you do. You know, the people I know are sitting you know, a lot less than that and it's it's there's no possible way. And then I go back and say, but hang on, the the team that I'm working with and the people I'm meeting, I'm like, that's not unattainable at all. It's, Mm. I think surrounding yourself with people that can see that you're able to achieve that is really important. 
And a shock that you believe otherwise is nice because it helps you believe in yourself. It's, um, yeah, it's an energy thing. It's definitely an energy thing. And until we shift our energy and our belief system, it's really hard to manifest what we want to manifest to begin. But first we have to believe it on a deep level, don't we? We have to really believe that we're worth whatever. Do you remember when you first went in and you put your prices up and I think you were quite nervous and I really have this picture in my mind because it's when we were doing office hours and I had got stuck walking my dog and so I was, I doing, I was doing office hours whilst walking my dog. I'm not sure if it was raining a bit, whatever it was, but you're asking all these um, questions about you know, what do I charge and this, that and the other. And um, they were easy questions for me to answer, but it just sticks in my head. Sometimes things just don't go the way you want them to. And then you went back to these people and it was an instant yes and you almost passed out, right? Yes, (laughs) I did because I didn't think that it would be possible. Um, But I think it's also when you're building your credibility, you don't really, you're so involved in it that you don't, um, sometimes you don't realise how far you've grown or how, how credible you've become until someone mm. actually to realize that what you've done, you know, no one's done what you've done or only a handful of people have achieved what you've achieved. And that, that helps boost your confidence as well, I think. Yeah. Or are the experts in the field, like in your field of study, Shay, I mean, literally, you know, we were talking about it before you just, you're at the precipice, you are the leading expert, at least in, in that I'm aware of in this field and you have been and you've been doing it for you know a lot of people are going to jump on the bandwagon that's fine but you've been doing it for years so you have that credibility it's just now it's becoming for want of a better word popular so yes you know you've you put a lot of money time effort and expertise into gaining the knowledge that you have so why wouldn't you charge appropriately for it I remember years ago a the woman came into my office and she was she was a shaman actually and uh you know she'd come from a long line of shamans and blah 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 and everyone told her that as a shaman you couldn't you weren't supposed to charge or you this well that's a fabulous concept for back in maybe the 1500s or something where your community or the rest of it would look after you if you were the wise woman or the shaman in the in the the village or whatever, but that doesn't work today. We have bills to pay in reality. And so I actually, she sat down with me and she told me she charged something like $60 an hour. And I said, well, I don't work with coaches for, that charge under 300 So she went out that following week and um, adjusted her prices. Someone said yes straight away. And again, so lots of, like you, these, now that, may not sound like much now to her because but it's stepping stones so yeah she went out and charged that and then she added more later and as her credibility grew she you know because it's time is money and you either have time or you have money but continuously undercharging sends messages like I'm not good enough and I don't I'm a $60 this is especially in the spiritual world or the the healing industry or classic industries women are in right is um you know reiki masters and i only charge 60 dollars an hour and you know some of the best in the business are charging thousands so you know who do you want to be without taking away from your credibility a lot get judged and they judge themselves oh i'm a healer i shouldn't charge okay um 
Yeah, that's so, yeah. That. I think as women too, because we're carers, you know, a lot of, I mean, we had our helpline and that was all free supporting mm. people. And mm. I think, you know, part of it is, part of it should be free. Like the podcast, everyone yes. said to me, you should monetize your podcast. You should, everyone's doing it. I said, no, I refuse to. This is a free resource for people that can't access help. Mm. I've been monetized. Mm. Um, and I, the board pushed and pushed for years and I said, no, I, I'm not doing it. It's my concept and I'm not going to charge for something that one is free most of the time anyway. It's rare that you pay for a podcast. I don't, I've never paid for a podcast. Well, no, I think maybe monetizing and maybe your board yeah, I think monetizing is more just making sure you understand how to offer your program so that people, when they do hear incredible things, know where to go to work with you. And secondly, monetizing it means get advertisers. Well, that's different. Yes. Yeah. And that's something that next step. Yeah, next step. But even now, just um, promoting the business through the new podcast, putting in what I actually do, because our previous podcast, we don't, we've never really said, you know, it's. Uh, yes. It's been Good a community idea. service. Now that's not the, <laughs> that's not the same with the Hobo CEO podcast, the one we're on today. It's different. But I think when I was doing the training through the Fempire to become a Fempire coach, what really mm-hmm. stood out to me was the money mindset and your family beliefs, family belief systems. Yep. And I think that, um, like as we were saying before we hopped on, that you know my dad came from poverty, so he's still got this poverty mindset, and my mum came from this mindset of always spending. And juggling everything, well, mum would hate saying this, but anyway, mum, robbing Peter to pay Paul, really. And so Mm -hmm. that you're constantly shifting money all the time. Um, Classic, yep. Yeah, and that's the skill set that I learned that I don't want to pass on to my daughter because it's not a, a, I don't feel comfortable in that space, but that's how we were raised. And so you have all these, if you're not taught from a young age the value of money and how you use it wisely, Mm -hmm then you can easily bring that into your business. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what stuck with me with that training was around, well, how do you, how do you come to money in a mental, in a, how do you think about money? And that's, yeah. I wanted to talk to you about that today. Beautiful. Um, yeah. So in Fempreneur, a program that you of course run and have been trained to run in the first week, um, the first week is all about getting to know yourself as a human and because we are the ones that are the most classic at sabotaging our own success and our own business success and things like that. And I've certainly got to points in my business where if I wasn't completely mindful of my conditioning and my patterns and my belief systems that I would notice myself sabotaging things. So you know, when we talk about, hey, would you like to have a $100,000 month? You know, can you really, some girls, you just, you just can't wrap your head around that. You, you know, you, you might think you want it, but do you believe you can have it? So, and that it is real. And, it, and honestly, I obviously rolling groups where that is very, very real. And that is quite low for some business, plenty of businesses out there, but a lot of women, again, you can't be what you can't see. So they don't see other women doing that very often so it becomes very hard to believe and they certainly haven't got them that from their family dynamics so years ago I studied um, family systems and um, this particular system around money and uh, so we put that into the first module of the course because it is so important to understand your belief systems around money 
And of course, now I can identify them and you've been coached to identify the belief systems that people are running, but it starts with, it really does start with. So traditionally, our belief systems, we code in the things that we believe generally under the age to up to age zero to seven. Okay. And this is very basic. We're not going to do a deep dive here, but you just have to work with Shay if you want to do a deep dive. So um, from the age of zero to seven, we code in our belief systems and those systems, if you think about it, the people that you're hanging out with is your parents. Now, in traditional family systems, the the breadwinner is usually dad, right, or the male figure of the family. And so we code in the systems based on dad and his belief systems around money. Now, mums are in there. They're definitely in there and we need to be aware of them and and aware of who we pattern into with our families and to keep it very basic. Generally, if you're first born, you pattern into dad, second born mum, third born, I think it's back to dad, and then the fourth, it's a bit of a mixed bag. So with money and your mindset around money, you you need to do an exercise really. And if if you want to just pause the podcast as you're listening, but this exercise is basically just write down all of those messages that you got. Was it, you know, money doesn't grow on trees or we never have enough or or my husband came from poverty and uh, in America and and was on food stamps for a while when he was very, very young and, and he was fine their family was fine as they got older but when he was very and again we code those systems in right and food stamps they never had enough food he's a kind of a food hoarder now not hoarding sorry just you know you know there's some people out there that will feed a family and have leftovers and stuff Curtis feeds to the point of everyone being fed no leftovers it's really sort of very controlled and structured and stuff we hate our family then there's so many leftovers it's terrible oh no he would love your family he'd come and eat That's the, the italian in us <laughs> yeah exactly so he's very structured in his his food what you don't waste food and a lot of people that went through the war you know our grandmothers and things like that have that same mentality anyway um that was a sidebar but this is the system we code in so for example, Shay, the messages that you got around from, let's start with your dad, what were they? They were, we had never had any money. We wore plastic sandals to school and we had to walk 50 kilometres a day to get to school. He never talked so much about money, just that they didn't have any. And he's always said, oh, we don't have enough money. So all the messages, you, we can't afford that. We don't have enough money. That's too much. That sort of stuff. Yeah, and also mum controlled all the money. Like she managed it all. And I don't know whether that's because dad's dyslexic, uh, but mum oversaw everything. So dad kind of, he wasn't really attached to his money. It just went to mum and mum managed the household. Now mum's not here. Dad's got to learn how to do do everything really from scratch, Mm. even to how to use a computer. And now he's obsessed with Marketplace. But it's he, mum kind of managed everything, but because dad was self-employed, like he was, I remember going to the doll office with him during the recession and mum counting coins to put petrol in the car so we could go to school. So we didn't grow up with a huge amount of money, but mum came from a middle-class, very middle-class family. Mm-hmm. And so it was very, there were two very contrasting ways of looking at money. Yeah. Was- extremely hardworking. Okay. They were extremely hardworking but, never, them, but never made any money? No. Dad mm. was very bad at business and I, that's because he didn't know how to run a business and his dyslexia, I think, 
played into that a lot. Well, he didn't like to look at money, right? So what was your grand no. your dad's dad like? Do you know? Uh they were poor. They were also poor. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What did he do? Uh they've all been carpenters. But they moved around a lot because my grandfather wasn't a very, he would rip people off. And so my dad would get sucked into those type of scenarios where people would rip him off as well. So that was always challenging. And then my dad's mum's side, they were Japanese. So they were interned during World War II. And then after the war, they were left on the side of the road with a tent and six children and no money. So it's deep. Mm. It's deep trauma, deep, deep money belief issues that have come down or belief systems that have come down through your family. So the they say in NLP, the, uh, in a family of thieves, the one who does not steal feels guilt, okay? So our biggest thing when we're very, very young is to fit into our family because it's a, it's a basic survival technique, okay? And we code all sorts of weird things in and there's the odd person that breaks out of that family system, but it it, it is, um, it's kind of rare and it, in many cases, it needs to be a conscious thing. So unconsciously, the one that does not steal. So if your family is full of thieves and a bit like, you know, your dad's dodgy dad and he probably was fighting against being dodgy his whole life or, or maybe doing the opposite of that but still attracting dodgy people into his life and things like that. So it really is interesting to look back in our history and even talk to our parents about what they thought their parents money beliefs were and uh, sort of the messages and the things that they um, know about your grandparents, if you obviously can speak with them. Um, If not, you just do your best. So knowing that you've coded in to your system, so it's really hard coming back to the family, the one that does not steal feels guilt. When we start to, even in certain systems, when you start to earn money and you start to see success, which is what is happening with you, Shay, you need to be very mindful of self-sabotage. So because unless you've worked on those systems and and, um, deconstructing them or changing the beliefs that you've coded in around your family and that it's okay to be wealthy because wealthy people can be philanthropic. They can, you know, would you agree that wealthy people have a better chance of changing the world than poor people? Oh, definitely. Because while we're poor, we're struggling. While we're struggling, we're in that fight or we're in the basic needs kind of lowest level of um, and we're just trying to put food on the table and keep our family safe, right? So there's no room or capacity to, you know, be an activist, to donate money, to put money towards a cause that you don't have to do it all, but you can at least, you know, so gaining that kind of wealth and influence can actually make a bigger difference than staying struggling and staying poor. So, yeah, the first thing you need to identify is the belief system around your family and because more often than not you're running the same system. And once we identify this, and sometimes it's super obvious to people, but most times they're like, oh, because they don't want to be their parents when it comes to things like that. But you've probably married a similar version to mum or dad and it might be the, all the good points of mum or dad or it might be all like my dad is a bit cheap. So is my husband. Like, what the hell? <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, 
I look at him sometimes and I think, oh, that's the aspect of my mother that I've married. And, and so as we do more and more work on ourselves too, we um, start attracting the right the right parts of our parents into our life right? or the, the parts that, that are nurturing and, and help us to feel safe and whole. Um, and then hopefully not so much of the wrong parts that, that you're trying to heal. And uh, anyway, that's a subject we can dive into another time. So the money beliefs. So we have this fabulous exercise in Fempreneur where you literally go into a therapy session with money to uncover the underlying belief systems that you have with money. And it can be pretty transformational. Would you agree, Shay? Mm, yes, I, that's the, that's what's stuck in my head. And that's when I went away and started reflecting on on my parents. And I mean, my sister always said, I'm never going to live like we grew up. And she hasn't. She mm. is extremely wealthy in her family. Her nucleus are very, very wealthy. And she just had that mindset of, I'm never going to be like that. I will I will not steal. Yeah, she's mm. like, in fact, she did the opposite. Yeah, and there are yeah. people out there that use that as motivation to never, and that was obviously something deep inside her that uh, she probably coded in as a child. She saw mm. their behaviour, she saw the poverty, she hated it, and she decided that that was never going to be her reality, and there you go. It's, it was just a deep inherent instinct that she... Uh, developed within herself which I guess moves us to the in a way to that so how do you uncoat once you the biggest thing Shay is recognizing your patterns that's the hardest because we they're really buried sometimes we think it's one thing and then suddenly something else comes up and we're like oh okay this is me you know your dad is I always ignored money because maybe money felt like something dodgy to me something that wasn't earned but it was stolen it was the thieves right so your dad perhaps didn't like focusing on money because it he equated that with something that wasn't you know right who knows I can't uncover that for him and then because of that and it it it, it comes to the relationship with your parent generally not the just their belief system but the relationship with your parent so yeah, once you've uncovered some of those beliefs, it's about then moving towards changing those beliefs, changing your mindset and putting things in place that can help you to overcome that belief system. And some of it is kind of what you've done, which is surround yourself with people that believe different things and start to believe what they believe or start to work on believing what they believe. Now, others is working with you know, therapists or you specifically, there's money therapists out there or, you know, people who are fantastic in NLP or, you know, even um, spiritual healers, Reiki healers, things like that. You can start exploring that. I went through a year of spiritual change where I was like, no matter what comes up, I'm going to go find a spiritual solution for this. And that really helped me to just start uncovering and pulling back the layers and seeing, peeling back the onion. Without using traditional, I just decided I was going to do it differently. Even just mantras and um, recognizing what you're thinking and cha actively changing those thoughts is just a simple step, but you've got to recognize it's there first, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think it was through doing that 
section of the training that I started to, like I say to Daniel now, I don't want to be like my mum taking money here to pay for that and then I don't want to live like that. And so just acknowledging how we used to live and how some of those patterns have occurred in our life. Mm -hmm. But also when Daniel says, oh, we don't have any money, I go, actually, yes, we do. And and then when I come to him, we go, oh, we've got no money. He says, Shay, yes, we do. So that's been good too because we've been able to bounce off each other and when we when those older habits are coming back in, like we'll sit down and we'll say, well, actually, we've got a roof over our heads. We pay all our bills. We're doing this. We're doing this. A lot of people can't do what we're doing. And so we sit down together and reflect. And that's actually been really helpful as well. That everything I've learned, Mm -hmm. it's really helpful. And everything I've learned through the program, I take back to him and say, well, actually, we need to start practicing saying this or I take you, I show him my whiteboard with the financial goals and he says, okay, so we're kind of on the same track. So there's little things we're, we're putting in place to improve our money mindset and also just not, I don't want to pass that on to my daughter. Mm. So the first thing that I always say, as you know, is clean it up so your kids don't inherit it, right? So that is clean it up in yourself so it doesn't get passed on. And um, if you can do the work pre-children, great, but most of us didn't, me included. So... Um, but I do believe energetically it does flow down the, li- the line to a degree. And then also if she can see you do, she can she begins to believe it. So the first probably thing, because people are going to be like, okay, I get this all the time. Okay, money, that's great. So I've worked out what my problem is. How do I change it? And um, that was beautiful what you said is get into the grateful. So look, really thinking about, and I say at a lot of our seminars and stuff, right, Look around you. You live in the first world. You're in the top percent of one of the luckiest humans on the planet. Most of you would have a roof over your head, would not be starving, would be able to get a meal for yourself because most girls at our events are at least at that place. Um, And you live in one of the luckiest countries in the world, whether that be Australia or the US or UK. I mean, the health services, and I know the US has the problems, but the really, if you need help, you can get it. We really are so, you know, first world problems, right? We're conditioned to believe that we should always want more, 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 more. Fine, fine. But work out what feels right for you and then move towards that um, in a real genuine way. So start first through just being grateful for where you are right now and what you do have. Like you said, your husband knew you will literally sit down and be like, actually, we can afford that and we choose not to. So what I've often said to my husband, who's likes to say we can't used to like used to like to say we can't afford that or whatever when we bloody well could, because I was making a lot of money. It's just conditioning, right? So it would be we can, we choose not to. We can, but we choose not to. Um, it's it's something that we don't want to do right now, or we choose to save instead, or if it was something that we really, and this is back in the day before all the, the wealth and the rest of it, but if it was something that we wanted, we would focus on finding a way to get the money to make it happen, you know. So I had to be very careful of not sabotaging my success, especially in the start, very careful. I'd make money and I'd get rid of it. I don't know if you, you've been through that where you make a lot of money. I would make a lot of money and then somehow I would get rid of it and even energetically get rid of it. So a huge bill somewhere would come in or, and I'd be like, what the hell? I've just started making money and this huge bill has come in. So you really do. It's not just on a mental level 
the mental level changes your energy, but you also, I believe, have to clean it up at an energetic kind of vibrational level. And I'm a bit spiritual and woo-woo like that. Actually, I'm a lot spiritual and woo-woo like that. So ask um, me because you don't come across as spiritual and woo-woo or at all. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. What is what do you mean don't come across as? What? Uh, I would never. Are you wearing a suit right now? You couldn't possibly be. You're not in your your uh, moo moo. little. Though I do have a, a sound bowl, but you know. I, don't, I, I have one too. I don't have. I don't my, know where it's gone. My beads on right now. No, and um, there's no braids in your hair or anything like that. Oh, <laughs> it is such a cliche. I know. All, all your spiritual joking. listeners are just offended right now. <laughs> but that's a that's classic. That's exactly classic. You know why I don't I don't dress in a suit and I because spirituality is mainstream or it should be mainstream. So and nothing in business and spirituality or business and woo woo or energy is um, without it you struggle more. So why wouldn't you do it with it? Most of my business decisions come from inner guidance and really checking in with who I am, what I want and how I feel and what's the next best step for me. So, yeah. At Rethink Dyslexia, we are doing things differently. As a global leader in creating inclusive environments for adults with dyslexia, our commitment is to provide individuals with opportunities to live healthier, happier and more connected lives. Through our range of tailored services, including coaching, learning and development programs, consultancy and training, we're helping dyslexic individuals, businesses and organisations to better understand and support their dyslexic employees. So if you're looking for insights, inspiration and expert advice on dyslexia and how you can provide inclusive practices and environments, then head to rethinkdyslexia.com to find out more or book your free consultation today. Well, yes. that should be maybe a whole other podcast because, you know, I was raised as a strict Catholic and I remember putting the Christmas tree up with mum one year saying how much I hated Catholicism because it was so anti-women's rights mm. and I really struggled and um, I can't have my daughter baptised because of it hasn't progressed and I don't want her to feel confined to a religion that doesn't allow her to do a lot of things for herself. And mm. then we were talking about it and I said, you know, I don't believe in God, blah, blah. Mum said, but you're such a Christian. You know, everything you do comes from service to others and all the work you've done around the charity, you know, it's all been about service to others. And I've never forgotten that conversation because after that I started to look at spirituality in a different way. Mm. And I wouldn't say okay. I believe in a in a higher in a God, but I do believe that there is more to to than more to us than just what is here on this earth. And that I strongly believe in now. And I, the older I get, the more spiritual I become in that sense. Yeah, um, I would say that in in my case, when people ask me, I say I'm spirit. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. So, and I also respect and that everyone gets to choose the religion that they follow should they choose to follow a religion. And in all religions there is really positive um, community aspects and spiritual aspects and it's not really kind of the religion, it's kind of your human lordness within that, right? Mm. So there's a definite yeah, oh, this should be a different podcast, but yeah, we we're going uh, off, we're going off topic. Very, but you're right. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> the higher power, Shay, 
is whatever you believe it to be, but I do find it feels a little arrogant to me to believe that it is just us. I do know that we're all connected and we'll go down that rabbit hole another day. But um, So are there some, because, yes, we could do have a spirituality now that I know that um, so much more about your... Woo-woo. <laughs> wouldn't have uh, come as far as I have without it. So, yeah. Does that help you then with your money beliefs? Like has that helped with It helped me identify my belief system and clean up the stuff that was in energetically holding me back and consciously. Well, first, as I said, you've got to consciously recognise that there's a pattern and that you're following and then consciously and consistently look to rewire your brain um, to become something different because we can. They've proven now that we do can rewire our thinking and our beliefs. So um, our belief system sort of drives our um, behaviour which generates our results, right? So we just need to, we can change our behaviour which hopefully at some point translates back to changing the belief system. So let's get back to how we do that. The grateful practice, just being grateful for what you have now and then also putting in grateful for what is coming, what is, and knowing and letting, knowing that the universe has a bigger plan for you as long as you allow it to happen. So a lot of the time we put into our future, I want that. So I I always say, because when people say goal setting or planning or whatever, I say that or better, because sometimes you cannot imagine what you can be, see and achieve, right? You just can't imagine it. How are you supposed to imagine it if you can't? Yeah. So I say that or better. So on all my goals or all my visioning or, or, you know, um, asking, it's always that or better. We taught our kids that too from a very early age, that or better. Okay. Um, so yeah, the gratitude practice is really, really good. Just identifying and changing those thoughts or recognizing those thoughts when they pop in. So what you said, oh, we can't afford that. Just changing the, the best thing first up language, just change your language. You don't really have to think about the system behind it. Just start changing the language and the system will change itself. I have found. So recognize the thoughts that you're thinking because most of our most people don't even know the thoughts they think in their head. Start recognizing them and changing those thoughts. Like just thought disruption, whether that be saying hippopotamus every time you think I, I can't afford that. Like something as simple as uh, you know, hippopotamus. I used that for a while. I'm gonna do that. But I did I would, like what you said before about I can, but I choose not to. Because correct. even that reframes, doesn't it? Like I can afford it. I can because well, let's be honest. You probably can. You can find a way. I choose not to. You could go out and get a loan, I suppose, but then you go, I choose not to because I want to be more responsible with how I manage my money. So yeah, just disrupting the hip. So not even you, initially, you don't even have to change it. Just disrupt the thought. If changing it doesn't feel honest to you, or grounded or something that you believe or you just think you're lying to yourself just use the word hippopotamus or you know something silly fairy floss 
Unicorn. Oh, I love hippopotamus. I think that's great because it's yeah, a long would... word too, so it takes a bit of time to say. So and get it out. That just so that is disrupting your thought. Then <laughs> it really is. And then being dyslexic, then spell it. Yet, right? You'll be just like that's not an insult. I'll be stuck for ages. <laughs> My daughter's that, and I would say right now, you'd just be H, and that would totally disrupt the thought. You won't even remember what you were putting out there, right? So, yeah, <laughs> hippopotamus is a um, is a fabulous or any other word that you might want to use and you know to take that a step further um at one point my hubby and I chose to disrupt the person that we were speaking to with the word hippopotamus so if he started to talk about something that was um negative towards money or we can't afford whatever I would say hippopotamus and and we agreed that he couldn't Push, but he'd just have to sit with that, or I would have to sit with it. And we used the word, we used it for all sorts of relationship things too. It's like something was triggering or whatever, it'd be hippopotamus. That was our safe word or our code word for changing our behavior. So you can, when you bring it into your family and you're not just the only one trying to change, if they're resistant to change, isn't that interesting? Isn't, and if they're not willing to do the work, you can't force them to, you can't change them, but you just keep working on you and interestingly they start to change or come along on the ride or whatever it is. So just don't worry about them, worry about you, but if you have a partner that's interested in growing with you, that's that's a great thing to do, a simple, because let's keep it simple to start with because, you know, the Titanic wasn't turned if it still hit the iceberg, but this takes a long time to turn. A, and that's um, funny you say that because... When I first met Daniel, he said to me, I'm never going to be vegetarian. I'm always going to eat meat every night. And I said, that's okay. You don't have to. I said, but in time, if we end up staying together, you will slowly become more and more vegetarian. Hmm. And he has. Yeah. <laughs> we don't eat a lot of meat. He doesn't eat a lot of meat anymore. But it's that, you know, taking people on the journey. And not forcing them to change, hmm. letting them change on their in their own time on their own and you know if you change enough and your partner doesn't change with you then you know there's just different you'll work out what to do (laughs) I was divorced before I was 30 (laughs) oh you were I was changing I was changing rapidly and my husband ex-husband was never going to change he was very much I married my dad the first time around (laughs) did you believe your mum should have divorced your dad at any point oh yes oh so you did it for her well I did it yeah I did it yeah Interesting, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I dated my dad in when I was 19 till I was 19 to 24 or something. And um, I mean, that sounds icky. I dated someone very much like my dad. And I ended up, my dad, I never thought my mum should have said yes to marrying my dad. And um, this guy ended up asking me to marry him. And he was, you know, a nice guy and everything and asked me to marry him. And uh, I said, no. And and I, I said, well, just ask you, wait. She's drunk at the time. We'd been out partying or something. So wait and ask me in the morning. He asked, and I always knew I would just be, it would be, an, but anyway, I ended up talking him out of it. Um, <laughs> not it's funny him. because we're conditioned to want to get married. Yes, but I had believed, so I, so I decided it was I should clean up that system, mm. right? So by, you know, not repeating because I second born pattern into my mum and some of the people that have studied family dynamics will just be like good lord this is this is a real sort of umbrella view of all this but (laughs) yeah so we do these interesting things within our conditioning 
that drives our beliefs, that drives our behaviour, and then sometimes we feel we need to save, you know, clean up the past on our own, and that's toxic, like you had to go through. So let's clean that up before we move forward. So, yeah, the gratitude, the cha- the pattern changing, you can study if, if you haven't heard of neuro-linguistic programming before, you can study NLP and things like that to change the way you think. Uh, if you think that's baloney, you could, you know, look at therapy or I think Eastern philosophy and Western um, philosophy, two very different channels, but the Eastern is very... Uh, it's deep and it's rich and it can really offer some incredible transformation, but I don't believe there's one path for everyone. So you need to just determine what your path is and also truly understand that you're never, ever poor. You're just going through a patch and uh, the the sooner you can reconcile yourself to that, the better. So I know they're kind of basic things to do, but back even when I had a panic attack and I was sort of a bit in anxiety all the time, I started to notice what I was thinking in my head and then it was not shocking to me that I was anxious all the time and I started changing my thoughts and I haven't had an issue since. And it's really is controlling your mind, it, controlling your mind, recognising what you're telling yourself and changing the conversation. And I think when we're in startup, it's so easy to get caught up in because we've got these big dreams and these big hopes and these ideals and it's easy to get caught up in when you're in the bottom and when you're in the pit and you can't see your way out financially to mm. then start to go back to these thoughts of oh, it's not going to be successful, I've never had money, I'm not going to make money, I'm being delusional. I can't do this. I, I do this. this. Yeah, and then you're uh-huh. really judging yourself and picking on yourself. Yeah, judgment is one of the lowest and most toxic vibrations that you can sit in and if you think about it they've done you know there's these all sorts of um studies and things where they've done you wouldn't say to your best friend what you tell yourself in your head you wouldn't say in fact you probably wouldn't even say that to any other human being the sort of the viciousness and the cruelness especially of women around their body images and and um, what we look like and what we sound like and how we perform and what we think and what we do. And, and you just wouldn't say that to your friend, you, you know. So And yet when we're our worst enemy, you know, we're that horrible person in our head that's constantly, you know, go, oh, Marnie, you can't build this multi-million. Who are you to blah, blah, blah? And it'll come in different ways too. Like I don't want the responsibility of 200 employees that sounds horrible oh bullshit you haven't even tried do you know what I mean so that's picking on yourself don't do that but yeah really notice that judge in your head and if you can turn her down turn her voice down or it could be his voice it could be your father's voice it could be your mother's voice it could be if you can turn down that dial and so it becomes a whisper and then eventually you can't hear it as long as you don't not hear it but still behave a certain way, um, then life starts to change. And I think um, that's a good message for women in particular that are out there starting their businesses because you've already taken that courageous step. I mean, it's so courageous to even. Oh, it's incredible. Isn't it? To just do, to just begin is amazing. To have an idea and to go, I'm going to give this all I've got is so big. And then when we start to talk ourselves down. Mm. Oh, yeah, and then when we become, oh, this, 
it's six months in, you're like, well, this isn't working. I suck. And you're like, hang on, you know, it takes one to three years to really get any traction in your most businesses close within the first five, but if you can survive past that, you've got a business. So keep going. And um, not every idea you have is going to be the best idea that you've ever done, but it's going to be a learning journey that will improve the next iteration of whatever it is. Because just it just because you fail, it's like, God, I've failed continuously. But it's the lessons I've learned have been incredible. And to the point where I just, you know, now it's becoming easier to succeed. I still just have to look at those sabotage patterns all the time and go, is this what I'm running right now? Um, and why is that? And yeah, it's incredible. Women are incredible. And having more compassionate, driven, connected, empathetic humans, women, humans specifically on the planet, is only going to help us. And I think women have to lead the way, Shay, because men are not conditioned to be that way. They're not allowed to cry. I was just watching the recent Avatar movie, which was visually incredible. But it was toxic masculinity all through it. The boys didn't cry. One sprouted one tear once, which was so interesting. But the women were falling apart. And I thought to myself, and yet the, the women characters in there were still quite powerful, but they still had all the emotion and the dudes were the stoic guys and we're teaching our kids that this is our males, our little boys, that they shouldn't cry and they should suck it up and suck it up princess. And uh, all it brings is toxic business, toxic workplace environments for both men and women. And I think really women need to lead the way where the future is female in that the future is women and the feminine energy in women and men leading the way in business. I think everyone a- should have to watch Ted Lasso. Mm. Have you seen yeah. it yet? No. So I'm going to have to go look You're at it. You're going to have to. It's the first um, show that shows the soft side of men. And even last night, Daniel and I, we watched the last episode last night and we're like, why can't the world be more like this and Ted's soccer team? Uh, there you go. Yeah, it's such a flip on uh, what we are used to seeing that sometimes you go, oh, really? Because we're conditioned to think that's not right. But it is such a nice way of showing men in a different, compassionate, caring light. And it's, yeah, it's hilarious. I recommend you watch it if you need something that flips flips the story. It's really good. But I think that... um, it's okay to have a feeling, right? It's okay yeah. to have a feeling. It's okay to cry. Like Daniel cries. <laughs> he yeah. plays our wedding song and he starts crying. Like, what are you doing? What's like, oh, our wedding song? And it was such a great day. Oh, babe, you're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's nice. And then it's good because then we sit there and reflect and we say, actually, yeah, it was a really beautiful day, even though it was really hard. There is um, a time for all of us to be stoic, but there is also hmm. a time where... And I don't believe emotions need to lead business, but I do believe compassion and kindness are really the only thing that matters. You do your best. Sometimes you muck up. You forgive yourself, forgive others to a degree, depending on what they do. Um, And anyway, you forgive yourself and um, just keep being kind. And that's what women need to, I think women just inherently probably have a better conditioning and understanding and just inherent 
don't know, belief system around that. So, yeah, feminine energy, it's the way of the future. And I think that's what the, you know, being able to access a coach or being part of something like we are with the sisterhood um, helps reaffirm and helps you to start shifting those value systems that we have. Like when I've spoken to you before and we've had a session, you said, Shay, it's six months in. Can you just give yourself a break? (laughs) Like just being able to have a coach or to have a group where you come together and you talk about it and you can bounce those ideas. And I've shown up to office hours in really shitty moods sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And you leave and you feel so much better because you've connected, you've debriefed and, um, and you're continuously forced to question those negative thoughts all the time. And it's, it's the power of community, isn't it? Mm, yeah. That lifts you up and your energy shifts. And mm. when you can sit in that positive, and I always try to hold a positive space, learning space, but, yeah, just, just sitting in that energy can be powerful as well and realising you're not alone and that other people are going through the same as what you're going through and other people are as frustrated in different areas as well. And it's nice to see. Yeah, it's uh, community is a big, big we call it the sisterhood, but community for both men and women is a big is a big deal. It's it's important. We shouldn't have to do all this alone. And that's another thing we need to teach is that family, community, and your family is not always the family you're born with. The family, you know, you have your business family. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they may not be the people you work with, but they might be your mentors and your peers and just people that you respect and look up to. Um, it's important. Humans were not meant to do everything on their own. No, we weren't. I was going to go sidetrack, but we've probably run out of time and it's not the right topic anyway, but it was just something. So we should probably circle back. We should circle back because I was going to go off on a, on a parenting app and about how, yeah, we're forced, we're not, anyway, um, (laughs) let's circle back because otherwise we've covered a lot of topics in. So yeah, I would say do the work, like understand your family systems, all right? Understand the belief systems that you've grown up with that's that have been um, communicated to you. Then really um, there's a great therapist, money therapist, as I said, uh, reach out to Shay and she can uh, talk to you about that particular training and what that will help you with in growing your business because, again, we're the biggest saboteurs in our business. We can bring the, you know, that nothing, I mean, ha- Let's talk about the hard work thing for a minute. Your mum and dad were hard workers and got absolutely nowhere. So you can be, yes, you can work harder than everybody else, but it still doesn't mean that you will be wealthy. So they just say wealth takes hard work. Yes, it does. It takes focused obsession, I would say, as an entrepreneur. You need to be obsessed, not just passionate. You're obsessed with changing the game with dyslexia and neurodivergent individuals, right? It really does just light you up and it's an obsession for you. I know because you've been in it for years and it's just something you can't not do, right? So there's that power. You need to be obsessed and then you need to work. Um, So there's no sitting on the couch and manifesting the old secret and things coming to you. You then have to get energy moving and, and move forward motion, surround yourself with the right mentors and inspirers and um and start working if you if you look around and you don't like what you see you've manifested you need to take the responsibility that you've manifested all of that into your life and just make a decision to start cleaning it up you don't have to pay expensive therapists and the rest initially if you can't afford them because we're talking about money mindset right you just start you need to simply start recognizing what you're thinking 
then move to changing that thinking with simple word exercises like hippopotamus. Not picking on yourself or going, don't think that. That's that's complete crap. Don't think because that's just picking on yourself in another way. Um, that's why it's great to have a neutral word. Really sit in the gratefulness of what you do have, and then you'll start manifesting. And then that or better place to ask for things. If you don't ask, you don't get. Start asking that or better. And they're just simple exercises you can do without spending any money to start changing. And then notice. Notice when things start showing up in your life or changing or the energy shifting or 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 whatever. And honestly, if you're sitting in this space just judging all the woo-woo stuff I'm recommending, well, what you're doing at the moment isn't working. So you may as well try something different, right? And if that doesn't work, okay, you'll find something else, but keep seeking. Keep seeking. I love that. Keep seeking. And there's so many free things to start with, like even mindfulness tools to help you start to get grounded in correct in what you um and everything you've said so um, yeah there's free there's free um uh guided meditations on money mindset and mindfulness and um, increasing the flow but just know you know clean up all areas of your life not just one because how many people in the world are completely wealthy but absolutely miserable so it's just a nicer kind of miserable you're not broke but you know clean up as you go lots of aspects but yeah start with your financial and I know oh, and last that. thing which we have to say for the women Shay, pay attention and your dad had that problem too right you need to focus on the money you need to you need to literally look at it if you don't want to look in your bank account because you don't like what you see well just go in there accept it's that it's that right now but it it, it will change everything changes um, I used to recommend carrying 200 bucks around in your wallet. If that triggers you, then you're triggered around money. <gasps> Someone might steal it. I might lose it. Oh, is, uh, is, aren't those thoughts interesting? When you start carrying, and it's a bit more difficult in this day and age because we have mobile phones which have our credit cards on there and, you know, Apple Wallet. And we don't really, as many of us don't carry wallets anymore. Mm-hmm. But when we did, I would say put 100 to 200 bucks in your wallet and watch your energy change. And just watch how you treat that 200. And I used to have a coach that would carry a thousand bucks in his wallet because he just he just knew how energetically fabulous that was for who he was um, and how he showed up in the world. So yeah, that's another little exercise if you if you want to change, you know, how you feel about money. And before um, we- yeah, yeah, women start focusing on the finances, take control yeah. of them, don't expect. A different result with the same ignoring your money a great way to end and I just wanted to say because I was in a money minds money mindset slump the other month I kept asking Siri to play me something and Siri kept going to this podcast I'd never heard before and it was two women talking about money mindset and Gorgeous. um how much they pay for coaches it was just so random because every time I asked Siri to play the song, I just kept going to this one podcast that I knew nothing about and it just started, so that was another tool that I started to then listen to to say I need to get out of this slump because the universe is bloody telling me you got yes. to get out of this slump. But that, that was, was you really helpful. Yeah. You took action and you started to listen to, you started to see what you didn't believe in these women wherever you wherever you can get it, Yeah. Uh, that, that's great, a, a female-focused money podcast and, and yeah, but you, you can't make judgments from your own little 
place on the map. You have to start moving, but you started moving, Shay. And look what's happening for you now. Ta-da. Yes. And Amazing. this is a wonderful, a wonderful way to end a really great week. So thank you, Marnie, for coming on the show again. It's um it's always so great to speak to you. I was saying to someone the other day, I feel quite selfish running these podcasts because I feel like I'm getting my own coaching sessions all the time now. Well, who's smart then? <laughs> who's the smart lady in the room? <laughs> well, this is very true. <laughs> but thank you always. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in office hours next week. Brilliant. Can't wait. Thanks, Thanks so much Shay. for your time again. I'm Dr. Shay Wissell, and you have been listening to the Hobo CEO podcast. Head to rethinkdyslexia.com.au to find out more about today's guest speaker. To keep up to date with all of our news, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. And if you haven't done so yet, go to your favourite podcast platform, subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Join me next time for another conversation on the Hobo CEO.